Hey, do you want more WT Fada throughout the week? If so, head on over to Instagram and give us a follow at WTFADA underscore podcast. There, we post updates about episodes as well as news stories. Usually movies, sometimes just odd. Um, yeah, stay connected and enjoy the show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the 67th episode of the WT Fada podcast. I am John, joined here by Ron. As always, Ron, how are you today? I'm pretty good. Um, surviving. And yeah, we actually did, this is the second off topic that we've done today. Full disclosure. I think this one started off a little better than our, uh, our last one anyway. Yeah. Yeah, we had a technical <laughs> hiccup. We had a technical hiccup because uh, this is the um, this is the first time that we've done a remote in a couple months now uh, since my fucking computer died. But I have a new computer. Hopefully, that means that we're going to be able to. Well, we're obviously going to be doing this more remotes. Um, but also, hopefully, that means we can get on YouTube again because I really want to like carve out a little a little nook for ourselves out there on YouTube. I really, really feel like YouTube is where it's happening. Yeah, I fucking love it there, You man. get to see our beautiful faces again. I know. We've deprived you for far too long of our glorious faces and physiques. And that is something that needs to be corrected. So, I've done a lot of work. A lot of work in back. this body since then. This, this physique. No, I've... You'll see... I think the last time you see me, I was fully bearded. Now I am, I am hairless, and mm. I've I've gained another chin or two. You're like way too hard on yourself. Dude. <laughs> you have body dysmorphia. One hundred percent. Um, yeah. So we had an off-topic, and we had a little technical hiccup. So we're kind of doing a little bullshit off-topic. Uh, John, how was your week? Oh, it was great because, um, you know, I only worked three days and it wasn't nearly as stressful as most weeks have been. But other than that, I've, all I do is work. I just work, 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 work. Totally understand. I haven't really got to watch anything. No movie news on my end or anything fun. Yeah. Well, I heard a couple things. So Deadpool 3 has a new writer. Um, so they're moving ahead with Disney, with Deadpool 3 at Disney, which is kind of crazy. We talked about Wonder Woman 1984 is getting released on Christmas on HBO Max and in theaters, which is kind of cool. We talked about that last week, but we brought it up again today. Um, let's see, what else was there? Um, oh, Justice Week news. Uh, Zack Snyder shared a, a picture of Darkseid, and uh, man, he looks straight out of the comics. Really cool. And I understand that like in the trailers and stuff, they're showing Darkseid, but I guess that's supposed to be a baby Darkseid and not the actual Darkseid. So this is like the full-grown Darkseid. When I think about that image mixed with the voice actor that's going to be providing the voice. I'm like, holy shit. Like my brain is like, it's blowing my mind. It's like, it just seems like it's going to be so cool. And like, you know, 
that's really neat. And it really feels like HBO Max is kind of becoming like a hub for the Snyderverse, and they're going to keep building on that. They're going to keep adding things to it. And also, you know, unfortunately, Matt Reeves' Batman spinoff TV show, The Batman, uh, for, for the Batman, it's a... Uh, it's like supposed to be a GCPD Gotham Central thing. Unfortunately, they lost their showrunner. Was going to be Terrence Winter, the guy who did Boardwalk Empire and The Sopranos. So I'm really sad about that. Have you ever seen Boardwalk Empire? Uh, a little bit of it. You lent me the DVDs like years ago, and I never really got into it. Boardwalk Empire is really cool. It's definitely somebody that's like in. It's definitely for somebody that's into like the crime era, like that crime era and the crime genre. You got to really be deeply entrenched in it to love it. But I really felt like they kind of like tore the soul out of the show when they killed one of their characters, uh, like sometime in the end of the second season or something. It really felt like they kind of destroyed what they had, and I never really got back into it again. And uh, yeah, it was just really uh, disappointing. And, uh, you know, I, I I think one day I'll probably go back and look at it, but I, I haven't since because they, they really, that character, I think what happened was the fans were so entrenched in it, and I think the writers were so entrenched with him and everybody loved him so much that uh, they, they, you know, unfortunately he was a secondary character and they had a main character that they were supposed to be focusing on. And basically what happened is they wound up in a place where they needed to get rid of that character in order to refocus the story on the main character and what the story was actually supposed to be about. So that's what they had to do. It was very disappointing. Um, but yeah, that that's uh, it's a great it's a great story. But I love that era. That era is amazing. There's a you know the rise of gangsters and everything, and then there's Melvin Purvis because of J. Edgar Hoover, and they're all going around, and it's like your job is just to put holes in all those guys, you know, just just fucking kill. Them. And you know, a lot of people were like on the sides of the gangsters back then because the gangsters were only like really robbing money from the banks, and the banks' money was insured by the government, so really they were ripping off the government and actually weren't hurting anybody in. in the general society and the people in the general society were kind of on the side of the gangsters because the gangsters were like, hey, you know, like, you you know, the, the gangsters were taking the money from the government and the people were like, hey, you know, the government wasn't there for us and they weren't there for the people that became the gangsters. So it makes a lot of sense for us to, like, protect these people. And, you know, the gangsters would actually, like, have a Robin Hood thing and they would give to the poor, you know, um, you know, and uh, they were looked at as like a like a retribution thing, you know, and, and a lot of people were on the sides of the gangsters back then. And uh, yeah, but that uh, pretty much does it for today's off topic. Um, you want to get into the show? Yeah, let's fucking do it. All right. Record time. Enjoy. Hey guys, do you need a new bath mat? Or a shower curtain? Or maybe even a bedspread? And ideally, would you like those things to have our faces printed all over them? It's a rhetorical question. I know that the answer is yes. A resounding yes. Head over to ron-iii-art.redbubble.com so that you can start adorning your house with WT Fada merchandise today. John, what the fuck are we talking about today? Well, this week we're talking about a movie that I kind of just stumbled upon just browsing through my Amazon Amazon video there. Uh, caught my eye. Had a picture of uh, of Joey King there. I saw her mm-hmm. on the first time I've ever seen her act was in Zach Braff's Wish You Were Here. Have you seen that movie? Mm. 
Yes, I have. I'm a big, very good, big Zach Braff fan. Loved Garden State. Loved them in Scrubs. So I'm like, I'll check that movie out. Joey King's yeah. awesome. So I, I, I read the description and I was drawn in. I'm like, this is what we're gonna watch. We're gonna watch The Lie. And then I, yes. I watched it and, and then I, I messaged you. And I was like, hey, watch this movie. We should do our episode on this. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. I, you know, it's weird. You're talking about Garden State and Zach Braff and Joey King. And I'm like, Peter Sarsgaard was in Garden State. Was he? He was Zach Braff's friend. No shit. And now Zach Braff worked with Joey King. And now Joey King and Peter Sarsgaard are in a movie together. And I'm mm-hmm. like, wait a minute. I know what's going on here. <laughs> like, you're all friends, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know what's I know what's happening. They're trying to be the um, new uh, David Spade, Kevin James, Adam Sandler crew there. Yeah, they'll show <laughs> up, like you'll just be watching a Zach Braff movie, and Zach Braff will be like, "I don't know if I can do it," and then they'll cut to Joey King, and she'll be like, "You can do it." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I don't know, but yeah, no, I watched it, and yeah. I'm, what did you think of uh, the lie, John? The lie? Well, I have to be honest. I, I had to watch it twice. Yes. So I watched it the first time, and the way mm-hmm. it kind of went down really was off-putting. And I'm like, this isn't believable at all. And I stopped paying attention, you know. But I still I finished out the movie. And then, you know, when that certain part happened, I was like, oh, okay, that makes more sense. So let me just go back, watch the entire movie through again pay attention um i thought it was a really really cool concept Mm -hmm. flawed okay this is more i would have liked to see things go down a little bit different there but i thought a really cool concept and we can get into that okay so i i was wondering what your take was going to be on it because i felt like i was watching it and i was like all right yeah okay like, this is good, pulpy, like, kind of, like, who knows what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know. And then I felt like we got to the end of the story, and I literally, it, like, like the fucking... Like, it, its guts fell out or something. Like, it just broke, like, tremendously. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh... And then I went from, like, really enjoying it to really being like, oh, no, like, felt <laughs> bad about it at the end. Yeah, wait, what was the moment that did it in for you? Uh, well, the, the thing is, is that in order for the third act kind of reveal to work... Let's just let's just go. Joey King, right, is a fantastic actress, right? She's really good, and I enjoy her in everything that I see her in, right? But in order for that third act reveal to make sense with the rest of the story that you've seen, you have to believe that the daughter is as good of an actor as Joey King, right? You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Like, like the daughter, it, it turns out the daughter is lying, right? And everything that she's, like, presenting with all of these different, like, 
she looks like guilty and she's sick and she's nervous and all this stuff. And then other times she like is calm and, and acting like nothing bad even happened and all mm-hmm. this stuff. And it's like that type of like switching back and forth between these high tension things. It feels very honest to somebody that would have, and this is what the whole movie's predicated on, would have killed her friend. Mm-hmm. But then that third act reveal is like, oh no, that's not what happened. So then you look back at everything that Joey King did and you're like, why? how was she able to pretend that well? Because this young girl is not Joey King. It's not like she's a trained actress mm-hmm. that knows how to do these beats, that knows how to like emit these emotions so easily. So it almost like undoes the performance. It actually made me go back and be like, I kind of wish that there was more of her acting like everything was just normal. But there's Mm -hmm. actually so much of it where it just seems like she's unstable and upset about something that like really, really that that really affected her, Mm -hmm. you know? So it actually, it it made me feel sort of like Joey King is a good actress that kind of missed the point or was misdirected in this movie. Mm -hmm. You know? Interesting. Yeah. Because the reason it was off putting to me in the beginning was I didn't, I didn't buy it. You know, when she said she killed her friend, she was just like, uh, she was just, she was just being a bitch. And I'm like, (laughs) well, I mean, that doesn't really warrant you. I mean, I guess like in the heat of a moment, you know, if there was some some type of accident, which obviously they can't show what goes down because it didn't actually happen. But I feel like in order to believe like, oh, she was a bitch and I had like a spur of the moment, just like, ah, and it was an accident, you know, um, I don't know. And then she was like, oh, I, I did it on purpose. And I'm like, I, I'm, I'm just not feeling it. I, I, I don't. This is terrible. So that's what kind of put me off from it. But then actually seeing what happened, I'm like, oh, OK, well, she was just diverting. And I think a lot of a lot of her emotion that uh, came we said she had some really tense parts there and like acting and being like oh well trying to keep up this lie of her actually killing her friend i think a lot of it is just coming from her wanting her family to be together again and her dealing with the emotion of that and i think she's channeling it to like you know when it gets to really tense parts there she just suck in all those emotions of like seeing her her you know divorced parents together again obviously this is what motivates the entire thing for the Mm -hmm. most part there well well not at the beginning but for it to keep going out as long as it did right she did it for selfish reasons and kind of let it just spiral out of control yeah yeah and she like i the whole the whole premise basically the mother and the father are divorced the father is supposed to take his daughter, Kayla, to uh, her ballet recital event thing. They're driving through the middle of no- nowhere, and they see one of Kayla's friends at a bus stop. It turns out that she's going to the same place that Kayla's going. So, hey, we should give her a ride. So they do. And then... The friend is, like, kind of weirdly sort of eyeing the father, which causes the initial, uh... (laughs) I just waved to Haley. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, 
it causes the initial sort of um like she's the, the friend seems like she's kind of eyeing the father mm-hmm. and like uh vaguely making a pass at uh him and basically the uh that spurs uh that that upsets Kawa makes doesn't make sorry that upsets Kawa and then the friend needs to go to the bathroom they're in the middle of nowhere so they pull over to the side of the road and Kawa and her friend get out and it takes a long time and finally the father played by Peter Sarsgaard it's like hey you know where are you guys goes walking into the woods and eventually hears a scream goes running finds Kayla sitting on the railing of a bridge without her friend. Which I thought and... was really weird. Yeah. Like, were they trying to set up that they were both just sitting on there when they were supposed to be peeing? Like, what? <laughs> I don't I don't know. Or was she was, like, waiting know. for her? I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. But, uh, so, he finds her, and basically, the... You know, he says, where's your friend? And, and Kayla just sort of points down at the, you know, at the river and Peter Sarsgaard's like, holy shit. And he goes running down searching for her and he can't find her. And then there's like a waterfall kind of thing, an implied waterfall. We never get a shot of the front of it, which I mm-hmm. always felt was weird. You, you're filming at a place where it actually looks like there's a waterfall and you don't move your camera down so that you can see the fucking thing. Very strange. Um, but. Yeah, it seems like, okay, she's gone. And basically, that prompts, you know, not just... It's like the the lie title is two different... It has two meanings. So, Mm -hmm. this prompts the father to suggest the idea of lying to cover up for the daughter. Because Kayla is going to say that she intentionally pushed her friend down off the bridge uh because she was in Kayla's words being a bitch um and that kind of like starts the that kind of kicks it off it's a pretty good start mm-hmm. i mean it has flaws like you said it's sort of like oh you pushed your friend off a bridge because she was being a bitch you know um mm-hmm. like if i i mean i don't know it, it 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 just sort of jumps really quick uh into that frame you know into that that place and uh feels a bit unnatural yeah which like i said at first it put me off from it but seeing that like they didn't actually happen i was like all right i guess she's just kind of a bad liar at some points yeah i yeah. didn't really come up with a believable story <laughs> no and I, I think that I think that there's something wrong with like I don't know, there's a structural thing or something in this. Like I I was engaged with it for quite a while. Mm-hmm. But I think that uh I think that the idea of the sort of Ah, I don't know. It's like the plot is continually thickening 
throughout the story like oh no there's there's this thing happening and oh no there's this thing happening now this person's involved and that and all this different shit right it feels like it's building you know building 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 and then i felt like the end it kind of like takes the the feet out from underneath of it you know and i i really I was doing research after watching the movie and I found out that the person that directed that wrote and directed this is a person that developed the the television show The Killing for AMC and uh The Killing has the same problems that this movie has in my opinion um and it's basically that like there's a strong urge to surprise the audience despite how illogical that surprise might be. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to completely shatter your suspension of disbelief, you know, in order to pull off your twist ending. And that never sits well with me. Like, a good twist is one that's inevitable. It's like, oh, fucking course. Like, it has to be that. You know? Like, how did I not see it? You know? That's why The Sixth Sense is amazing. Like, The Sixth Sense, they show spoilers for a movie that came out in 1999. <laughs> the be- the first, like, five minutes of the movie, they show Bruce Willis fucking die. So, like, yeah, no shit, he's a ghost. Like, it, yeah. Like, I can't believe I fucking didn't notice that shit, right? But this movie doesn't doesn't deal in that. Like, this movie deals in, like, the, it, it almost, like, is an outright... Uh, like it's it's almost like a non sequitur or something, right? Like we we can all agree that her friends probably would have had to have died, right? Like like if the situation is they're in the middle of nowhere and it's like the dead of winter, right? And Kayla and her friend. The, twi- the twist ending winds up that her friend is alive. And the friend just wanted to go visit her boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, which is fucking crazy in and of itself. But they're in the middle of nowhere. There's nobody around. And they go into the woods pretending that the girlfriend has to pee, right? So, to me, and I don't know the layout geographically, but it's not it's not well explained. I just kind of looked at it as this is the woods. This is an expansive wilderness. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to say. It's it's just, (laughs) it's this weird fucking thing that this movie does where I don't, I don't like the way that it's constructed. It's, it's very strange to me. Mm -hmm. Like they go out in the woods and then where does the girl go? Like she's supposed to get, she must get picked up by her boyfriend. Without her so, like, phone, too, because she leaves behind evidence. Yeah, she for smashes. Some she smashes her fucking phone and leaves behind her purse as if to make it more believable. I don't know. Right. <laughs> Why would you smash your fucking phone to go see your boyfriend? Like, just turn it off. <laughs> what the fuck? If right? you're worried about them, like, pinging the location of it. Yeah. 
So that's because, fucking like, weird. Because she's done it before too. They go, they they make sure that we like get that point that like she's disappeared before a few times, and that's why like the the her father doing like the missing persons report isn't taken seriously at first. And it's like you've left before and you've ran away and you haven't smashed your phone. So like I don't know, I don't know. Didn't like, make much sense to me. No, and I feel like you could have played a little bit more with the uncertainty, right? Like, we didn't see enough of that setting to know anything. Like, it would have been interesting if, uh, like, when he got to the edge of the waterfall, right, he could have looked out and you would have seen, like, a highway. You know what I mean? And then it's like, oh, it's conceivable that this girl... Like, when the twist comes, it's like, oh, it's conceivable that this girl met her boyfriend in the woods and that they walked back to the highway where he had pulled off. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's conceivable that that would have happened. But, like, the way that... Because I don't have enough information, you tell me it's the woods. You say, we're in the middle of nowhere, and this is the woods. I just think that you're you're talking about, like, miles and miles of fucking woods. Mm -hmm. So... I'm ruling out the idea that this girl's doing a 10-mile hike in, you know, <laughs> the fucking in negative 10-degree weather in... I mean, what was she in? She was in jeans, like a pair of boots. She had a winter coat and, like, a scarf and a hat. But, like, I'm ruling it out that she's going to make it. Yeah, I don't know. You know, when uh, later on in the movie when the detectives are, you know, doing their work and they're, like, asking them, Hey, like, are, are you familiar with this bridge here? It's a pretty popular bridge. Yeah, it, it sounds, you know, it I'm like, it, it, that's what he said. I'm like, all right, I guess. But if that is like a well-known area, I'd have to imagine that it's not in that complete middle of nowhere that they said it was. They kind of painted that picture in the beginning. Yeah, I mean, the, the way that they shoot it, it looks like the like the road in uh, Fargo mm-hmm. where, they, where Steve Buscemi buries the money. It's like there's nothing around for miles, it's just fields. You know what I mean? And like that... That, like, I don't know, there's some type of disconnect there that, like, it, it sets it up to where the end doesn't feel like it makes all that sense. And like you said, the uh, the cop saying that this is a, um, this is a heavily trafficked, heavily traveled area, um, but don't seem like it. Like, it was, there was snow all over the fucking bridge, you mm-hmm. know? And there was no clear it, path to the way they walked through, right? It was just, like, through the woods. <laughs> yeah, like, Sarsgaard almost fucking fell down trying to get to the road that it was on. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even get the sense that it was a road. I, I honestly thought it was a trail bridge, not, yeah. like, a street bridge. So exactly. this guy being like, it's real popular, you know, it's like, I don't know, are any trail bridges real popular? Like... <laughs> It they, like trails are popular, but like, why is that one particular bridge? Anybody that goes to that trail would use the bridge. Yeah, like it's not like people are going out of their way to go to that bridge. They go to the trail. You know, mm-hmm. it's all strangely constructed. It's just a weird fucking movie. Very weird. And there's shit like that all through it. You know. Right. Right. Um. Should we talk about man? What what what? Let's keep going. What, what do yeah. we got? Well, so you know, this obviously happens, and um, he brings her back. He's like, "Listen, we'll just say that like we didn't have your inhaler. You got sick. We had to go back, and like you just because it was like a weekend retreat, and they called right. Kayla's mother 
about it and you know she eventually finds out what happened and then they're both like oh well you know can't really say anything well it's more so like the father that's like your you know your daughter's not a murderer or whatever we can't just like turn her in you know and she's like ah you know whatever so she has a friend that she used to work with who works in the um on the force there Mm -hmm. and like all right well you know let's use that to our advantage Mm -hmm. so i forget the chain of events of how it goes down but it gets brought up that there was a bruise on kayla's face and her dad's like you know we can we can use that as you know maybe her father did it because yeah it was it was all like and this was after so uh what was our friend's name again do you remember? Oh, uh, I can oh, look it up. Hang on. Yeah, because I just want to be like her so friend. We can, keep, we can keep it all straight here. Um, yeah, her friend, when she got in the car, had a bruise on her jaw. And it looked like she had been fucking hit mm-hmm. in the face. Um, and they kind of asked about it, and she never answered. Her friend's name is Brittany. Brittany, that's right. Brittany, Brittany, Brittany. Um, Joey King is Kawa. Mariel Anos, uh, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, is uh, a, she's a alumni from that show, The Killing. Uh, she plays Rebecca, the mother. Peter Sarsgaard is Jay, the father. Um, and there's a few other people mixed in here. The only one that we're probably going to talk about shortly is Cass Anvar plays Sam, who is uh, Brittany's father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, so he shows up and he's like, all right, well, you know, where are they? And she's like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, you didn't get the call that, you know, Kayla didn't show up because Brittany didn't either. And she's like, oh, she got, she's sick or, you know, whatever. And he gets like really, like just right from the beginning, he gets really like suspicious or like pushy. And it's like, dude, she's sick. I don't know what you're talking about. And you know, it's I feel like again. I felt like they were trying to just like paint this picture of something that's like happening, but like not really happening. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was strange. Yeah. I was trying to think of like the word that I would use to describe the movie, and I I settled on contrived, mm-hmm. which is basically the sense that the writer is trying very very hard to make things happen, whether or not it's natural for them to happen or not. Mm-hmm. And that's a really good example of that, that thing because Sam shows up and is like, he he's like asks, Hey, uh, where, where are they? Blah, blah, blah. And the mother's like, Oh no, Kay was sick. She didn't go. And then he's like, Oh, okay. And he's like, well, can I talk to Kayla? And the mother's like, uh, no, <laughs> she's sick. And then he's like, oh, well, if I could just have a word. And she's like, well, she's at the doctor's. And he's like, oh, well, can you have her call me when she gets back? Yeah. And so weird. I'm just like, dude, fuck off. Like, like the writer, like it feels very much like a writer meddling and being like, I got to create tension. So like, I got to really like make the. I have to make this guy come back real soon because I got to keep the pressure on. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't like that. Like you should have some reason for him to distrust what's happening. Like if imagine that scene playing out, eventually they get to this, 
he comes back later and he's like, hey, uh, why aren't you returning my phone calls? It's been two hours, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> she's like, she's like, I'm sorry. She's still at the doctor's office. And then Kayla walks out of the house. And he's like, why are you fucking lying to me? And then it's like, oh, that makes a lot of sense for him to be like, there is some sketchy shit going on, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine that scene, only the mother's like, Oh no, Kay was at the doctor's office. Uh and he's like, "Oh, okay. Well, I'll uh I I I'll go, you know, maybe maybe Brittany went to her aunt's house. Like maybe that's where she is. She's done that before too." And then as he's turning to leave, all of a sudden like you hear Kayla walk down the hall and she's like, "Hey, mom." And then like she's going to ask her mother a question, and then the dude turns around and already the lie is exposed. Right? right. Like, immediately. So immediately, you have a real good reason for this guy to be like, what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. Instead of this thing where it's like, you didn't return my phone calls. I called nine times in two hours. I still haven't heard from you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, it would just, it, it cleans that up. You know? Mm-hmm. It makes sense why that guy starts acting like a fucking lunatic real fast. Exactly. You know? Because it was, you know... It... You feel like when you talk to someone's parent and you're like, hey, you know, like, what's going on here? And they're like, oh, yeah, they're sick, whatever. And you'd, you'd normally be like, all right, yeah, cool, whatever, you know, just like you think you'd deal with it through them instead of being like, I'm like a 40-year-old man. I need to talk to your 15-year-old daughter one-on-one. Yes. Have her call me. It's like it seems yes. really odd. Very have odd her FaceTime me. <laughs> yeah like it's like what the fuck <laughs> get out of here man what the fuck is wrong with you and it's like if you would you know if you think that like they're hiding something because they've done it before just like ex- i don't know it maybe explain to the parents like hey you know they might be into this can you just like ask her can you talk to her for me since you're her fucking parents i don't yeah. know <laughs> yeah no it's fucking really strange the way that it's uh it, and it's like they're they're bits and pieces like that throughout the movie where it's like you're just you're not seizing on the moments mm-hmm. you know like that all that stuff that took up what 20 minutes of fucking screen time it all could have been in in about two minutes like mm-hmm. that scene that i just described gets you from point a to point b efficiently and you don't have all the time in the world because you pretty much the the, the basic underlying plot that we're not privy to is that this girl is coming back in at the end of the weekend Mm-hmm. Right? So I think it you... actually might be isn't it like a couple days into the next week? I can't remember because I feel like a, I feel like at least the weekend goes by. Yeah. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, but I'm not sure. That's but right. I, not all that important. The, the point is that like she's coming back. Mm-hmm. You know? So in order for like the stakes to get to get so high so quickly, you really can't spend a lot of time just standing around waiting for shit to happen. And it feels like there's like some type of disconnect there where he's like, he literally has called, he calls like a shit ton of times and it's, it's so many times, right? That he's like, why aren't you call? Why aren't you returning my phone call? I've been trying to reach you all morning. And the mother is able to say with conviction, oh, Kayla is still at the, at the doctor's office. Well, how long would a trip to the doctor's office take? So either 
it hasn't been that much time, and this guy's just been calling nonstop since he left, mm-hmm. right? Or this doctor's office trip is taking like a day and a half, right, for this guy to get this revved up. Like either way, that doesn't make any sense. Like however you look at it, it doesn't make any sense. Whether you believe that the father is uh, has been calling for like a day and a half, right, or if you believe that the father's only been calling for a couple of hours, either side of that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, you know, they, they stress that she, you know, has a history of running away. Yep. To get like that almost immediately with Kayla and her parents, like he didn't, he, it's, it'd be one thing if he like knew that they were together before that, but, yeah. They were supposed to be going to the same place. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And he's uh, like, uh, I know she's involved. It's fucking I don't know. crazy, dude. Like the the thing with the dad, I just I felt like it was I felt like there were avenues that you can take with that character that they don't necessarily seize on. Like, okay, so the daughter, Brittany, has a bruise on her jaw. And I mean it's heavily implied that this dude did something. Yeah, because she right? acted real sketchy when Kayla asked about it. She was like, dude, don't be weird. I don't know. Yeah. Like she and was I hiding feel like, something. I feel like that would be a a good avenue, right? To go down. Where, mm-hmm. okay, so, uh, it, like, I feel like it, it does like a, like a half measure or something with with that character in terms of just like, you would say you would he's he's getting all freaked out and you know eventually it makes sense for him to get freaked out but the early i i feel like i would like him to actually i don't know it feels like have you ever done something bad or like you know something and it, it, it's it's a it negatively affected somebody and then you feel like you're really sorry mm-hmm. and you're trying to apologize but the person doesn't want to see you so you can't apologize right mm-hmm. and like that feeling is you know stressful and you know not not a good not a good vibe right and you're trying to get rid of it you're like oh, i need to like talk to that person i need to like clear the air right um so I kind of like see that in the way that he's acting, mm-hmm. but it's like, but they also want you to question whether or not he actually hit his daughter. Like they yeah. want you to question that. I kind of wish that they would have some type of confirmation. Like even if they showed like his, his hand, and you're like, oh, he has a fucking, like his, his hand swollen or some shit, mm. like you fucking Dector, you know, like just some type of confirmation of that to help explain his behavior because it's not there. It's, it's just, it's implied that he did something. Right. And the, but it's I think not they said expressly. Try to make it seem like, Hey, this guy's look, he, he's unstable. He's going right off the bat there, but that still doesn't make sense to me. No, I don't know. It's like a, it's like a strange mishandling of, of that, 
that story. Mm-hmm. And then it goes, it just gets crazier and crazier <laughs> because, like you said, the dad wants to be like, hey, we should say that this dude uh, did something to his daughter, mm-hmm. right? Which is like, it's one thing. <laughs> it's one thing to be like, well, we know what happened to her, but we're going to be like, we don't know what happened to her. It's another thing to be like, we know what happened to her, and we're going to blame it on someone else. Like, that's like another step, another tier of evil, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I felt like the handling of that was a little bit crazy. Like, like the, I feel like the parents really get to a point where they're just like, we are going to protect our daughter at all costs mm-hmm. like nothing else matters it's just all about kayla what happens to kayla we got to do what's right for kayla and all of this stuff and i felt it was kind of hard to you know it was kind of hard to believe or something you know like that the measures I, I they understand- went through that yeah that you would you would frame somebody else for something that your kid did to try to protect your kid. Like, I, I, I'm sorry, but like, I, I, I think like, you know, you love your kids and you, you know, you try to like teach them right from wrong, but ultimately like your kids make their own bed and you kind of like, you can't always be there to like clean up after them, Yeah, you know, and, and something this egregious. I mean, she killed someone allegedly. So something this egregious, she would just be like, we got to be honest. Like we, like to me, we have to be honest. That's the best course of action. You know, we, you know, tell them that it was a spur of the moment thing. You know, you made a mistake, you know, she said something that upset you and then you lashed out and she fell off the bridge, you know, because of what you did, it was an accident. It's all, that's the best thing that you can do you know uh but instead it's like they just go like it's not like the most immature thing that happens in this story is not somebody like getting mad at their friend and pushing them off the bridge the most immature thing that happens in this story is like the parents that are like okay well we understand that she did something wrong but like she's not a murderer it's like well apparently she is like that's that's what she's confessed to Mm -hmm. that's what she's telling you she did so you're gonna have to like you have to own it like you have to be honest and they just won't do it you know they just keep making it fucking worse Mm -hmm. and it's like painful to watch people that you would think are like relatively intelligent just make dumber and dumber decisions you know (laughs) for real I kind of, like, I see the stuff with the dad and, like, what they start to do. Like, eventually, they they get the daughter's... They get Brittany's cell phone. It turns out that they kept it... Like, he kept it in his car. Uh, the, the father kept... Sorry. Kayla's dad, Jay, mm-hmm. in the panic of that day, left Brittany's cell phone in his car. So he's been, like, driving around with it 
and it's been pinging wherever he's gone. Now the cops are looking at him. So then they want to go and they dig up a hole in the fucking backyard of uh, Sam's house, Brittany's father's house, and they put the fucking phone there. And then, like, that already, like, it's, it's, it's not going to work. Like, it's, it's just such a weird... Yeah, and it's you, a fucking crazy thing to do. You get a count on the cops finding that if they were successful in doing so. And it's like I feel like they would have tried to like point them in that direction because they are that dumb. Right. Just be like, hey, maybe maybe he buried it over here in the backyard. Check there. Right. I, yeah. I, I'm this... friends with the cop. She'll believe me. Right. I, that's one of the things that they always talk about is the people that um, insert themselves into investigations are usually involved. Like <laughs> people that go out of their way to be like, Hey, um, you know, I want to help any way I can, you know, just to let you know, I, I heard that she was fighting with that guy, Derek, you know, and you're like, uh, okay, thanks. But we haven't heard that. And he's like, yeah, but I heard that he said he was going to kill her, you know? If you have that person, they're full of shit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like they, they're trying to steer you away from them. And that feels like the direction that we're going with these people. Like they're going to bury it and then like they're going to send an anonymous tip about the phone is in the fucking dirt, you know? And uh, I don't know. It, it, it just doesn't work. And then worse is that this is the part where it gets like really fucking weird. It's like Sam, the father like sees them and confronts them. And Peter Sarsgaard fucking tackles them. And I swear to God, dude, I thought, I thought he was going to drown him. He like knocked him into a pond and he's like holding him underwater and yelling at him about, you don't touch my wife. And it's like, well, your wife is kind of sort of trespassing on his property, just like you are. You know, this guy's just trying to figure out what the fuck you're doing. And uh, so he's like holding him underwater and you think that he's going to kill him. And you're, and then he doesn't. You're like, all right. Well, you know, thank God they avoided that. This still doesn't look great, but at least he didn't kill him. And then the wife and him get in a car and they speed away. And as they're speeding away, she, like, sees him. She's driving. She sees him, and she fucking floors it. And she just hits this fucking guy. Like, hits him, decimates him. It's blood all over the pavement. We see this dude's, like, last dying breaths of him being like, please help me. And they don't help him. And then they just left, right? They didn't, like, take his body. They just left it on the street. Yeah. It was very odd. She was the one that was trying to stop Jay from killing him. And then she right. just full on, just boom. Well, you know, it was, they needed something to happen in the script. So yeah. they just changed the character's motivations completely mm-hmm. so that it could happen. Yeah. Well, in between um, all that happening, you know, you kind of get that. You got Jay and Rebecca. That's the name, right? Rebecca. Yeah. Trying to pin this on him. Like, you know, he, you know, when they have that initial fight with Sam, you know, he like, kind of gets heated and he like elbows Jay back or whatever. And he's like, Oh, you, that was your fault. Your fault. Whatever. I'm going to, I'm going to go to the cops. Yeah. So that's why 
they're like, all right, well, he's going to the cops. He's going to, you know, it's, it's, it's us or him at this point. So that's why they come up with the idea to try and blame him. And then, you know, she, Rebecca goes and sees her old friend who was on the force, you know, Hey, this and this happened. You know, we think that he, he hits her. And then that's what starts all this. And you kind of get this, this movie, uh, the movie goes out from there where it's like, they're trying to find him. They're going to go question Sam and they're trying to hide, you know, Rebecca and Jay are trying to hide evidence. And then it's like, the detectives are like, okay, well we'll go confront him. And like, they see him and they're like, where were you? We, we've been waiting all night for you. And he's like, oh, well, I was out looking for my daughter. Totally believable. And they're like, yeah, well, oh, you have a hitter? And he's like, what? <laughs> who have you been talking to? And he's like, what nationality are you? And I'm like, what? Uh, like, he's getting like racist, like immediately. And I'm like, are they just, try- is he trying to use that as a tactic to like get this guy to blow up and like, whether he actually did it or not, <laughs> just be like, hey, this dude's unstable. Look at him. Look at him. You know, it's very odd. Yeah, I, I really, that was a performance I wanted to call out. Uh, that was Nicholas Leah Lee. And, uh, Dude, his bad cop is, like, the baddest cop in the world. Like, I fucking couldn't stand how, like, pointlessly aggressive he was. And then, all right, now, keep in mind, this guy is like, somebody fucking did something. Somebody fucking did something, right? Mm -hmm. He's, like, all over the place with that fucking shit. And then he fucking, they have a scene where they go back to the bus stop where Brittany was at. Mm -hmm. And the other cop that's being like way more lenient and way more reasonable is like standing there looking at everything and like mulling over the circumstances and all of this shit. And then the fucking one that's like all over the place and yelling at, at everybody about like who killed her, who killed her is like, maybe, maybe it's what they said. Maybe she just, maybe she just ran away. And it's like, why is he saying that in that scene? Like, why is he the one that's saying that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's such a weird... Like, all the character motivations in this movie suck. Like, nobody does the same thing all the way through. And they change arbitrarily. Because literally, that scene of him being like, maybe she did run away, is sandwiched between two scenes of him either yelling at Britney's actual dad mm-hmm. or yelling at Kayla's parents about how they killed her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make sense. It's fucking weird. Yep. So, like, after that uh, whole experience happens... And then the, you know he's asked to confront Kayla's parents, and he's like, "What's uh, what's your husband's relationship with her friends?" She's like, "I don't know, like any any dads would be." He's like, "Yeah, well, you know, Brittany's kind of hot." <laughs> I'm like, "What? The yeah, fuck? <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is this?" <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, well, I mean... you know, we pinged her phone downtown, and that's where your husband lives, right?" And she's like, "And so yeah. doesn't like everybody else who lives downtown." Like, I don't know, yeah. it was weird, and um. In order to ping the phone, it would have to be on, and I don't, right? Does it? I, I don't, I did research on this at one point, and I don't think that that's true anymore. Really? I think it used to be true. I think the only way to get your phone to not ping now is actually to remove the battery, which is increasingly impossible to do because of the way that phones are made. Yeah, and then that brings up my next point was, I mean, the phone was, the screen was smashed, but I don't know if the phone was in working order at all, because it didn't show them turning it on at all, like, trying to use it, did it? I don't think so. Uh, he turns it on before he buries it. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, I remember the light. Oh, that's shining right, yeah. on his face and shining through the dirt as it was okay. as it was being buried. Um, so it was in working order still. Which again, like you have to think that something's up, right? She falls off the bridge into the water, and then her phone is working and on the shore of the river. Mm-hmm. That's strange. Like, what it, did she do? As she fell, did she fucking like throw it like a football? That's what to I was thinking line? too. I'm like, how is it's it over so there? weird? It's so fucking weird. This movie is like one of the weird, the most. It's so strangely constructed, and there's so many elements that are like, what are, what is happening? Like, why is it put together? This yeah, thing? and it's sex. I I love the concept of it, and I do really Me like too. that twist. And I just I don't think it was executed very well. I think that the twist, right? Like, like, all right. So let's just so they they run over the fucking dad, and then they leave him laying in the street, and they go back to their house to clean the blood off of their car, their mysteriously undamaged car. I don't know if anybody has ever, like, hit an animal or something. It doesn't take much for you to crack a bumper. And they hit a full-grown fucking man going at, like, 70 or 80 miles an hour. (laughs) And their bumper, which is plastic, is not broken at all. There's blood all over the place, but the car is in perfect condition. So strange. So they're standing there, and they're cleaning it out. And as they're cleaning it off, all of a sudden, Brittany just walks into the garage. And is like, oh, hey... I can explain, and then she, like, reveals the twist. Like, I just wanted to see my boyfriend because, you know, we're teenagers, you know? I wanted to see my boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And then she's standing there, and they're looking at her, like, wide-eyed and, like, completely, like, holy fuck, holy fuck, holy fuck. And then she goes, (laughs) she looks, and Peter Sarsgaard is holding a bloody rag in his hand. And then she's like, oh, and it's almost like she immediately understands, like, what's going on, whereas you saw somebody holding a bloody rag, you would go, oh my god, are you okay? You would think that they had hurt their hand. Uh But it's like, she immediately understands that, like, oh no, some, like, very bad criminal thing has happened. I'm not sure what. And then she, like, excuses herself, and they let her go. And then they go inside, and they have to talk to Kayla, and Kayla's like, well, it's just that... This was like bringing the family together, you know, like I really felt like, you know, because you guys are divorced and everything, but then you had a reason to like fight for me and everything. And like you guys were laughing and stuff and it made me feel like it was like old times and we were all together and everything. And it's like, okay, 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 okay. You have to be fucking crazy (laughs) to think that staging a murder is going to fix your family's problems, okay? You have to be absolutely fucking nuts, okay? So then, that whole scene plays out, and they're like, oh my god, and they all hug, and they're like holding each other, and as they're holding each other, all of a sudden it's like, knock, knock, knock at the front door. Boom, boom, boom. And you're like, oh no, the cops are here. And then the movie ends. Yeah, you hear the sirens and all that. Right. Like, well, they're going to jail, and you know. <laughs> Completely, right? Uh-huh. Now, here's the thing, right? You've already let us down this path where you've been completely ridiculous the entire time. You've made you've made your choices, you know, and and you've had this stuff happen. It was like you killed, you had, you staged a more a murder, and now an actual murder has happened because of what you you you've done. Right now, Brittany's dad is actually dead, and he may have been abusive. Right, he yeah. may have been an abusive prick, and that's fine. That's fine. Good. Bye. You know, 
Uh, yeah, but I don't know if they ever confirm that. They never confirm. They it. have that conversation between uh, Jay and Kayla where he's like, "Did her father actually hit her?" And she like doesn't say anything, and he like walks away, and she's like, "Well, I learned from the I learned from the best, or some, something along those lines." Right. And it's like, so like. Do you know for sure he never did, or it's like you don't know, but you said She's he just did. Lying. That's like just lying about it. I don't know. I, so that ha- that that's where the movie leads, right? And I'm like, the cautionary tale. All right, this is the, the, as I see it, as I see this movie, right? The tale that they're trying to tell is a cautionary tale about trusting your teenager. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be careful <laughs> with what you believe what your teenagers say, right? Just be careful with that. But the cautionary tale that they should be telling is to teenagers, do not lie to your parents. Exactly. Right? Now, how do you fix that? Here's how you fix it, right? <laughs> You're going to think I'm crazy, but you're already all in. You've already made your choices, right? And and I think that with like just a little bit of restructuring, this this story arc could work really nicely. Uh basically <laughs> basically you have the parents have already made the full t- they've already for lack of a better term, they've already broken bad right? They've already been like, well, we are going to do whatever it takes to make sure that our daughter stays safe. So if that means we have to kill Brittany's father, then that's what we're going to do, right? So they've already done that shit, right? And then Brittany walks in to the garage, and they realize that Brittany is alive, right? And maybe they killed the father in a in a less conspicuous way, right? Maybe they did something where they just made it, they made him disappear, like he's taking off because the heat's too hot, Right? He killed his daughter, and now he's taken off, right? But if now, so that's the story that they construct. This guy left because he killed his daughter, the cops were closing in, and now he's a fugitive from the law, nobody knows where he went, right? He's going to be on the FBI's top 10 most wanted criminals list now, right? Then Brittany walks in. Now there's a huge problem, because why did that guy run, right? And now we know that the family... Like Peter Sarsgaard and and Mariel Anos, like they, we know that they and him were at odds with each other. So if he goes missing, it's like, well, did you make any any enemies recently? And it's like, yeah, the fucking parents of Brittany's friend Kayla, right? Mm-hmm. So they're obviously going to be implicated in that if you know if that story breaks down. So now they're in a position where Brittany is in the garage with them, right? And all of this stuff goes through their head. Holy shit. If she's alive, then our story doesn't work. Then everything we've done falls apart. Mm-hmm. And all of us are going to get in a lot of trouble. <laughs> so they do the only logical thing. They have to kill Brittany. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I'm like, why? I'm like, after all that, you just kind of let it go. You have to you have to kill Brittany because it's the only way to make your story make sense. If they successfully make it seem like they go into that house, they kidnap the father, right? They they pack up like a bunch of his clothes and you know, all of this shit, and they they put it all together in one place and then they hide it somewhere where nobody will ever find it, 
right? And now Brittany comes back, and now Brittany's going to be like, well, where's my dad? Where did my dad go? He would never just leave like this, right? Like, you know that she needs to go. And so, so they have to kill her. They kill Brittany, they put her in the same place where they put her dad, and like the last scene of the movie is them sitting down with Kayla and being like, this is what happened. You're like, this is what happened, and this is what's going to happen, and this is what you're going to have to carry with you for the rest of your life. If you, who wanted us to get back together, you wanted the family to be back to the way it was, well, guess what? It kind of is, but also you have to walk around knowing that we killed your friend and your friend's father because of for you. the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, because of you. And, like, that's the story. That's a perfect, that fixes, that fixes a lot of my complaints with the movie. Like, mm-hmm. that, that makes it so it's like, oh, the trajectory of the story makes sense. Like, it's not like, like, wh- what is the purpose of everything that happens? Like, nobody gets punished that should be punished. I mean, I guess Kayla kind of suffers in a sense because it's like, oh my god, my parents got put away, got sent to prison and stuff, and, like, I ruined my family instead of saving them. And, like, I actually like the the ironic thing where it's like, actually, no, we we all kind of did get back together because of this lie that you you put out there. But now we have to walk around with this horrible fucking thing hanging over us for the rest of time. Mm -hmm. You know, I like that ending. It's like ironic. You know what I mean? It's 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 an ironic wrap up to that story. And I just feel like they fucking... I just feel like it biffs it, like, really hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could... It's one of those the... movies that I want to write myself. Like, yeah. I want to rewrite. Yeah. I just kind of got the impression that after, like... Because, like, they killed them on impulse. And, like you said, I don't think they did, they did anything with the body. Like, I think they just... That happened, and then, like, reality set in that they've gone too far. And it seems like the, like they just gave up they were like you know like we're, we're we're done i don't know why they would clean off the blood in the car though if they were just like we're gonna go to jail this is obviously us i don't know no i, feel, I really feel like they were gonna, they thought they were gonna do like maneuvers to make it be mm. like oh we don't know who hit him we were we were at walmart yeah you know like i really felt i really felt like that's what they were gonna do and i'm like uh i, I honestly feel like this story would benefit from less of a I feel like this is the biggest full measure that there is, right? Like we killed the father, right? But I I honestly I think this story could benefit from a in for a penny in for a pound kind of take mm-hmm. on this whole thing where it's just like yeah, like we killed the father and we made him disappear. We made it seem like he was running because he killed his daughter and he knew the police were getting close to him. We executed that perfectly and now we're going to get off scot-free except for the fact that Brittany just showed the fuck up in our goddamn garage. Now we have to kill Brittany. We have to do the same thing that we did to him, to her, right? To make the story match, right? If we're smart, we'll put her body in a different spot so that it looks like a place where the father would have buried her. We won't put them together because Mm -hmm. then they'll link both of them to us, right? We make it look like if they ever find her, it's like, oh, that's where he buried her. And then if they ever find him, then they'll know that some other shit was going down. But if they don't find him, like, that's the thing. You put Brittany in, like, a shallow grave next to the highway, and you put 
the father and like his luggage in the deepest, darkest hole in, in the most remote cave that you possibly can find on the planet. And you just fucking leave them there, you know, just leave them there. So nobody ever looks, nobody ever finds them, you know, except archaeologists from the year 5930, you know, <laughs> like you let him disappear so that you're like, oh, you're scot-free. You're good. You know, you even like fucking take money out of his goddamn bank account, you know, make it look like that, you know, buy a ticket to fucking Cuba, you know, all this shit. Just make that guy vanish, you know, make that guy vanish. Do that shit, you know, and you're fine. You got it. You pulled it off. I feel like now that sounds a lot easier said than done. Because <laughs> I'm like, how do they got to take money out of his account and find like a remote Dude, little cave? I don't know. Get the blood I just think, to be completely I just think that the, off the car. I just think that the, 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 like, I would rather have the ending where it gets more and more insane mm-hmm. than have the air let out of it. Yeah. Like, I feel like they let the air out of it, and then you're like, well, what the fuck is going to happen now? And it's mm-hmm. just like, oh, well, the cops come and arrest them. And, like, thematically, it doesn't really make sense. Like, it doesn't matter that the cops arrest them, because the person that originally perpetrated the lie is Kayla and Brittany. And, like, they've suffered. You don't really get to see the fallout if that's the thematic thing, right? If they start the lie that causes all of this stuff... You don't get to see Brittany and Kayla suffer. It's, like, implied, but I almost, like... It's, like, you need to see, like, uh, like Old Testament kind of uh, punishment, you know? You need to see them be, like, oh, no, and, like, see, like, the real fallout of their actions, mm-hmm. you know? Um, have you ever seen the movie um, It Comes at Night? No. Okay. It Comes at Night is like a end-of-the-world survival kind of movie. Oh, right? I thought you were going to say it was a porno. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yes. I ruined it. There's also a porno. There's also a porno. That's I, I, I do, in the interest of full disclosure, there is a porno version of it. <laughs> um, but uh, It Comes at Night is an end of the world horror kind of movie. And a lot of people were upset because they're like, wait a minute. It comes at night implies that there's a monster. Like there's no monsters. And I'm like, it's a metaphor. Like it is probably referring to paranoia. You know, paranoia comes during dark times. Right. Oh, okay. You know, um, but that movie is an excellent uh, example of how I think this movie should have worked. Like, basically, the decisions that you make uh, lead to places where you wind up having to suffer the consequences of your actions. You know, like, you've made your choices, you make your bed, you sleep in it. And I feel like the way that this movie is set up is I, I really do feel like Kayla... At the start of this, remember, this movie starts with images of her, first and foremost, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool. They used, like, actual family videos of Joey King when she was little mm-hmm. and interspliced it with shots of, like, uh, you know, the mother and, and the father that they shot specifically for this, I think. But they made it look like it was all part of, like, old home movies so that you really get the sense of, like, oh, wow, like, this is Kayla when she was little, you know? Um, 
but I feel like the, uh, you know, so, so she starts out as the, the de facto kind of main character and then they wind up kind of changing gears and it feels more like the dad's the main character at the end of it. Mm -hmm. And I wish that they had just made a decision about who was supposed to be the main character. I don't think you can have the main character be the person that's concealing the truth. So I understand why the dad winds up being the main character, but I feel like the dad should have been the main character from the beginning. You know what I'm saying? Right. So my sense is just that if she is the main character, which I feel like she is, then at the end of the movie, you have to see the consequences of her actions. Mm -hmm. By not doing that, it, uh, it underserves the point. Yeah, it definitely shifted to her, like, taking a back seat and become more focused on the dad. Yeah. It's weird. It's very strange, like, the way that it's set up. Like, it speaks to some type of, uh, to me, it speaks to some sort of, like, fundamental misunderstanding of the story that they're trying to tell, you Mm -hmm. know? Like, it's, it's different than uh what it should be i i'm very aware too and i i have been this entire episode but that i'm like being super hard on a film and mansplaining a film that's written and directed by a female um i just want to put on record just <laughs> just i just want to put on record that i've said multiple times that karen kusama is one of like the best directors in the world uh and that I really love pretty much every movie that I've seen directed by Karen Kusama. So I just want to make sure that that's clear. I'm not just being like a misogynist fucking movie. Critic, you know? <laughs> I just, don't even know I, who directed this one. I don't even look, I don't even look that stuff up. <sighs> Her name is Vina Sud. Hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, like I said, she is somebody that was involved with uh, developing the killing for AMC. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and the killing is uh, the same the same setup where it's just like it gets more and more outlandish in an effort to not outsmart the uh, the audience, but to like out like out illogic the audience. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you as an audience member are like, oh. I know what's going to happen because of this, 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 and this. And then they're like, oh yeah, all that evidence, all of it, everything you've seen, red herrings. It was this guy over here that you've never seen before. Aren't you shocked? And it's like, that's not how twists work. Yeah. Like, <laughs> twists are like the guy that you saw at the beginning. The guy that you saw at the beginning is the bad guy. The guy that you saw at the beginning that you were like, oh, that's just, that's just a verbal Kent. Like he has nothing to do with Kaiser Sose. You know, that's a twist. This is, like, doing what they did on the killing and, and kind of, like, some of the shit that they pull here. It's like, the, it's not twists. It's just subverting expectations uh, just to try to make it seem like you're crafty, mm-hmm. you know? And I just don't, I don't, I don't respect it. I don't respect your game, yeah. Vina. <laughs> Sorry. Misogynous. Um, you're gonna get us canceled, man. I'm not. Why do you have I'm to? Not. Why do you just have to hate women, dude? Why do you got to mansplain? Dude. Why yeah. do you got to hate women? This is just, you know, 
Well, I wouldn't have to if they knew how to direct a fucking movie. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> you see, Ross no, taking I, his own advice and he's just he's going all in. No, I no, I mean, like I said, Karen Kusama, The Invitation, and Destroyer. You know, uh, those are fucking amazing movies. I really love them. Um, but I don't know, man. This one I didn't like, and and. It made sense when I realized that it was from the same person that did the killing. I was like, of course, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, uh, I think we're done. I think this is the end, if I'm not mistaken. This is the end of our... This is the last pre-recorded episode we're doing um, because of our Ireland trip. So this is the last, this is the last pre-recorded one that we have. It is, yeah. That is right. So I guess this will be the first content that next week will be the first new content that we've recorded in about two months. Which is wild. I wonder how the trip went to Ireland. Like I'm excited to like record that episode because I, I, you know, will know at that point how fun Ireland was and all that stuff. It'll be good. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. And we'll get to talk about lost season two. Ooh, which is fun. Yeah. So, anyways, check that out, and uh, yeah, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you. We'll see you all. Well, we'll not see you, and we'll not hear you, but we'll guess that you're probably listening because the analytics say so. Um, next week. All right. Take care, guys, and they hope you had a happy holiday. Yeah, if we if we line this up correctly, it should be. Uh, the day after Thanksgiving that you're listening to this. We're so good at this. Like, two months in advance, we did all of these episodes, like, to make sure that we had plenty of time to enjoy our Irish holiday. Fucking beautiful. Totally. Totally good at it. All right. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. On the next episode of WT Fada, John and I are back from our Irish vacation, and boy, we're excited to sit down to talk about the second season of one of our favorite shows ever, Lost. So come on back next week, join in on the fun, be here, or be square, and or octagonal, and mysterious. Hmm.